0: Gregory we are uh, in Lent we're kind of in the in the middle of it now we've we've come through the first week we survived the the clean week as we call it uh, a little bit usually a little bit more strict a little bit more serious about the fast during the the first week yeah uh, extra services in in the parish here we did we did the great comp line. Uh, with the portion of the Canon of St. Andrew, Monday through Thursday. Beautiful, beautiful services.
1: Yeah, uh, the Canon is a real, I mean, in a good way, a gut punch.
0: Yes, yeah, I I described it, I, I, you know, I wanted to say a little something at each of those services, especially because of the gut punch nature of some of those hymns in the Canon, and I, I described it as a strong medicine.
1: Yes, yeah, that's and, better, strong medicine.
0: And, and I was... I've been reflecting on this a lot lately. You and I had a conversation about this i have I've had conversations around what repentance looks like, certainly an appropriate thing to be thinking about during Lent mm-hmm. um and and we might see these prayers of Saint Andrew in the great comp line in the canon and and think that repentance is all about feeling bad about myself but yeah i don't think that that's actually what repentance is um and and so
1: well contrition is definitely part of it
0: sure sure just
1: but just part of it not the
0: whole thing right and and i think sometimes we we go beyond contrition uh for a, a variety of different reasons but truly repentance the the word right we often talk about this the the word itself means to have a change of mind a change i mean the the, the greek word is noose mm-hmm. which kind of is deeper a deeper reality a uh, uh, a more essential reality than just kind of mind and and how we heart. think yeah yeah hard is is a good one so it's it's to it's to change yeah and and length is the time to not to feel bad about ourselves, but to come to God to become more like God.
1: Yeah, I think I think you know we we just did the canon for the first night, um, mm-hmm. and just that little section of it it was great. Um, and and what I was meditating on was we can kind of grow like a little bit of a hard shell, sure. Uh, um, and it's a little bit of a like a like a tool that kind of cracks open that shell. Yeah. Um so that you know we can get a little bit more to the core. We can kind of break through that shell, break through that kind of facade or whatever it is. Yeah. That, you know, that tough outer layer uh to kind of get to the heart of the matter. Um mm-hmm. which is where the transformation is called to take place. Um and so it, in that in that instance it's a very very useful tool. It's a very helpful tool.
0: Absolutely. Absolutely. We have we have all kinds of defenses that we use to to avoid Mm -hmm. intimacy with God and...
1: And and loving each other. I mean, all kinds of walls we build. Um, And, and, you know, sin can be seen as like kind of laying bricks, layers of bricks Mm -hmm. uh, on that wall. And um, St. Andrew of Crete comes in like a wrecking ball (laughs) and uh, (laughs) helps us smash down that wall so that we can uh so that we can we can turn back to God and turn back to our neighbor. So he's yeah. very helpful to us in that way.
0: Yeah. Absolutely.
1: Well, and uh but you know as you're as you're doing these services and as you're praying these uh long hymns at night, mm-hmm. uh sometimes you wake up in the morning and you might be a little tired, you might need a little coffee.
0: Absolutely. Coffee is an essential part of of surviving the lenten fast and Though, though not an essential part, we hope that the Church Coffee Pod is a helpful tool in mm-hmm. your Lenten journey as well. You're listening to Church Coffee Pod. I'm Father Bryce. And I'm Father Gregory. And so thanks, uh, Father Bryce, for, for coming on. We're,
1: we're working on this recording and uh, we've been kind of working at this a little bit. So it's taken us a little bit longer to kind of get this this version out. So sorry about that for everyone. Uh, but you know, sometimes that's what happens. Sometimes you got to chip away at something, uh, when, when you're trying to work it. So we appreciate everyone's patience. Good Uh, things are
2: worth
0: waiting for. Yeah.
1: That's, that's what I was always told growing up. Um, so I like it. Um, it's one of the pithy sayings that rotated around in my family. And, And another one that's kind of related to this was everyone's got an eraser on the back of their pencil. Uh, that's another like good it. thing to another good thing to remember during Lent. Yes, um, you know when we're tempted to judge others, uh, and when we're saying that prayer of Saint uh-huh. uh with that last petition, grant me to see my own faults. You know yep. to remember that my pencil has an eraser, and right. that I've used it hopefully. Right. Uh, hopefully, <laughs> hopefully, yeah. And some people have said my my eraser is worn down to the metal. I had to put another <laughs> one on there, and and that you know sometimes that's what happens. Uh, But grant me to see my own faults and not to judge my brother and sister Uh, for your your holy always, for your blessed into ages of ages. So so this month's topic is a miracle. Mm -hmm. And uh, just real quick, you know, before we get into this, because that word is used a lot in society today uh, in all Mm. kinds of ways. The Uh, miracle
0: on ice, though that's, I mean, I'm not even that old and I'm kind of dating myself with that, I guess.
1: I don't even know what that is, so we'll let that one. It was go. the uh,
0: Victor, the U.S. Uh, hockey. Team oh, that's over right. The that's right.
1: I had forgotten. I had forgotten. <laughs> yeah, I think they made a Disney movie about that. They did. Uh, I believe so. Yeah, it's probably pretty good. Um, so a great story. Um, so how would you define a miracle, Father Bryce?
0: Ooh, that's a great question. So I would define miracle, kind of coming at it from you know the f- side of the philosophy side, right? So, uh-huh. um, and I and I. Ha- I bring a a understanding to this where I have to respond to how miracles are typically thought of uh, both in philosophy, but I think this is kind of the the standard understanding. So I I think the standard understanding is there's the laws of nature. They operate pretty much by themselves. And whenever God breaks the laws of nature, that's a miracle. Okay. But I, 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 I always push back against that because I think that actually uh, stems from kind of a, at least a, a approaching deism worldview. Oh, might I see.
1: Not... Like the, like the two story universe kind of thing.
0: Right. Where God, God is kind of the, the clockmaker who yeah. made the clock and now it just kind of goes by itself. And if every once in a while, maybe he'll interact with it. Yeah. He fixes um, the clock or something. Right. Right. But, but of course, the orthodox understanding of of god as creator is not that god did something back at the dawn of time no it's that god is ever involved and in sustaining his creation by his divine energies yeah. so he is he is actively involved in every time and every place Right, in his creation.
1: Well, I mean, he did do something back at the dawn of time, but not just like once and then was done. Right, I mean, right. That your point right. is he, that he continues to be involved in his creation.
0: Yes, and so even you know the laws of nature are actively upheld mm-hmm. by God. So I would I would say you know the the kind of standard understanding kind of works, but it it tends to make us think of a God who is more distant yeah than than the God of the the God we are taught about in the Orthodox Church. And so I maybe a miracle is is any time that we can't help but see God's act, activity in creation.
1: Well, I think, yeah, I mean, so there's a couple of words that are used in scriptures. I mean, mm-hmm. kind of, yes, you know, that, that's running, a, from your, running from your point there. There's yeah. like the, just some of the Greek words, thavma or thavmata, like a wonder. Right. Uh, or like an amazing thing. Something that's, that's uniquely a sign of the presence of God or the activity sure. of God in some special way. Um, uh, there's, then there's a simia, mm-hmm. like a sign or signs. Mm -hmm. Um, We see this a lot in the Gospel of John, but we see it throughout Scripture, actually. And then, uh, dynamis, like a great Uh power, uh, or a great act of power. Sometimes this is translated like mighty works, or great works, uh, or—and that can be confusing. I mean, English translations can be confusing sometimes. Uh, yes, because you know someone would think, like, "Oh, well, great work!" Like you know that when they when they built that that soup kitchen or that homeless shelter down the street, that was an incredible work, and it was, mm-hmm. it is. Mm-hmm. But when the scripture is using the word, you know, like a theinames or theinames, it's it's talking about something a little different. Um, sure. So you know, unless unless the soup kitchen or or homeless shelter just kind of appeared on its own, then
0: <laughs> that would you know, be a miracle.
1: If, if it was built by angels, so to speak, yeah. Yes. Uh, mm-hmm. So. So then it says, then there are, you know, these are kind of like manifestations of God's actions, his intervention, his work. So interestingly enough, though, to your point earlier, creation can be described as a miracle. Um, because go. I mean, we believe that God brought all things into being ex nihilo from nothing. Mm-hmm. And so, so, you know, the, these are kind of like miracle signs and wonders. Mm-hmm. Um, so one place we can go, I mean, there's a lot of places in scriptures we can go to look at these. Oh yeah. For sure. But one of the places my mind kind of came to was, you know, the Exodus account uh, and and the many mighty works that God wrought, you know, uh, yeah. in delivering his people uh, yeah. from Egypt. Uh, so, for example, in Exodus 3, 19, 20, he says, I know that the king of Egypt. So God is saying this to Moses. He's about to he's commissioning Moses to go in there and 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 get his people out. Right. Right. And he says, I know that the king of Egypt, meaning the Pharaoh, you know, will not let you go unless compelled by a mighty hand. So I Mm. will stretch out my hand and smite Egypt with all the wonders. So there's Mm. that word, uh, which I will do in it. After that, he will let you go. Mm -hmm. So there we see like an example, like unless I intervene uh, with great wonders, with great Thab you know, um, Mm -hmm. he's not going to let you go. Yeah. Uh, So that, so, and we see these examples, you know, the 10 plagues and for example, and so, or even the,
0: the more minor things that Moses and Aaron are able to do Mm -hmm. kind of as their, as their introduction.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Like throwing the, the rod on the ground and it Mm -hmm. it turns into a serpent Mm -hmm. and and to that regard, you know, not all
0: miracles are, are genuine, right? Uh, Of course. Right. The sorcerers are able to replicate Mm -hmm. Not only several of the things that Moses and Aaron do, but even one of the plagues. A few of the first ones. Yeah. But
1: the interesting thing is they're only able to replicate, first of all. They don't do kind of their own thing. Sure. Which kind of talks to us a little bit about false signs and wonders. Hmm. Right? They're usually kind of like either a mocking or just an imitation or some sort of cheap eh, trickery. Mm -hmm. Uh, You know, Mm -hmm. a little tongue-tied there. Uh, So, so for example, to your point, we see in Exodus 7, you know, in verse 9, uh, when Pharaoh says to you, prove yourselves by working a miracle, then you shall say to Aaron, take your rod and cast it down before Pharaoh, that it may become a serpent. So Moses and Aaron went to Pharaoh and did as the Lord commanded. Aaron cast down his rod before Pharaoh and his servants, and it became a serpent. Then Pharaoh summoned the wise men and the sorcerers, And Mm -hmm. also the magicians of Egypt, and they did the same by their secret arts. For every man cast down his rod, and they became serpents, but Aaron's rod swallowed up their rods. Mm -hmm. Still Pharaoh's heart was hardened, and he would not listen to them, as the Lord had said. So it's Mm -hmm. kind of, there's this foreshadowing of, like, God's works and wonders are going to be greater and more powerful. So, and of course, there's a warning to this effect, kind of, you know, there's a warning in, in Deuteronomy 13. Mm-hmm. Uh, so much later, uh, in the, in the Torah and in, in the law of God, um, where, you know, Moses is talking to the people and he says, if a prophet arises among you or a dreamer of dreams and gives you a sign or a wonder. So those are the same words, you know, mm-hmm. and the sign or wonder, which he tells you comes to pass. So, I mean, he actually does something kind of great right. or marvelous or whatever. Right. And if he says, let us go after other gods, which you have not known and let us serve them. You shall not listen to the words of that prophet or to Mm -hmm. that dreamer of dreams for the Lord, your God is testing you to know whether you love the Lord, your God with all your heart and with all your soul. So it's kind of interesting. And that word test again, uh, can, can mean kind of trying, uh, Mm it doesn't mean like necessarily like temptate, tempting, but like putting people through a trial kind of that, that word can be used in multiple ways. Mm -hmm. So, um, so there he's kind of saying like, look, there might be, you might encounter people who can allegedly do signs and wonders. Yeah. And, and this is kind of alluding to the fact that, you know, like the fallen angelic beings, uh, who, who we know later on in the new Testament, more specifically as the demons who throughout the old Testament and throughout the pagan world, try to deceive and delude the people to lead them astray from God in order to gain their own worship and service. Mm-hmm. Um, and doing things that are let you know, that are, that, you know, for all practical purposes are signs and wonders, mm-hmm. but they're not pointing to the truth about God. Um, yeah. So I remember a monk once telling me, you know, and this is kind of confusing and I I don't try to understand it from the science standpoint of physics, uh. but you know, but like a demon can kick up dust. Right. And that was just a simple way he put it. Um, huh. so a spirit, you know, there are bodiless spiritual beings, but they can have an effect on created matter. Right. The spiritual
0: Uh, world and the material world are not, uh, completely disconnected. uh,
1: Yeah. Yeah. They can, you know, one can certainly affect the other. Absolutely. Uh, And in this case, the spiritual world can affect the physical and material world and Mm -hmm. can manipulate it even. Mm -hmm. Um, and so, uh, so we basically, we kind of see something where, where Moses is telling the people of Israel, Hey, not every sign and wonder is a sign that someone is a true servant of the Lord.
0: Right. So, so just because somebody can do miracles that's that's not enough of a resume
1: yes yeah and we'll see that later in the gospel too so kind of kind of moving along right like God works miracles through his prophets and his holy ones throughout Mm -hmm. the history of Israel to demonstrate that he is God Mm -hmm. and so two other examples that really jumped out to me just when I was thinking about this is Elijah and Elisha and I think Elijah you know through his prayers God works like eight great wonders or miracles and the interesting thing is Elisha, one of the things he asks Elijah for before he departs in the fiery chariot is double his spirit. Right. And if you read through the accounts, Elisha, I think works like 16 through oh. his prayers to God, great signs and wonders. So it's kind of like the scripture is emphasizing yeah. this request was granted. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, and Elisha is a faithful servant of the Lord and of and of his spiritual father, Elijah. Mm hmm. And, and, but the the thing I want to emphasize though, is you see that the the prophets do this, obviously it's God, the one still doing the signs and wonders and miracles Mm -hmm. and they're praying to God, right? They usually, they usually come through prayers to God. Right. And obviously they're faithful. They're following God. They're keeping his commandments. They're witnesses to God. Um, Mm -hmm. So they're not like those false prophets uh, that Moses warned people about. And so we read this in the epistle of St. James. He's using this as an example. He says, Elijah was a man of like nature with ourselves, meaning, you know, he's a human being. Right. And he prayed fervently that it might not rain. And for three years and six months, it did not rain on the earth. Mm -hmm. Then he prayed again and the heaven gave rain and the earth brought forth fruit. This is James Mm 517. Now he's in the epistle of James. He's emphasizing the prayer of a righteous man avails much. Uh, right yeah he's kind of talking about but he's using this example of elijah and that's that's what we see in the prophets they they're praying to god uh and through their prayers god does many great mighty and wonderful works Mm -hmm. so what do you have like a favorite story from elijah or elisha i mean there's so much great material there
0: (laughs) yeah i uh like a, a miracle story just any I, story. I mean, oh, little, I mean, little commercial break here. It's it's got to be
1: the she bears.
0: I that's it's <laughs> it, that's a close second. That's the one I'm laughing about right now because that yeah. one's really funny. Go up, people, you old bald head.
1: People should look that one up. They some yeah, youth, some youths, uh, you know, really go after Elisha and end up having she bears chase them. So
0: yeah, well, at successfully yes, maul, maul and devour them. Uh, but but my favorite is definitely um the 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 whirlwind okay when when god appears to uh, elisha right Uh, and uh elisha is kind of hidden away in a cave and and god says i will i will show myself to you there will be a great earthquake but i I will not be uh, in the earth elijah that's Elijah, elijah yeah yeah there will be a great earthquake, but I will not be in the earthquake. There will be a a great fire, but I will yeah. not be in the fire. There will be a great tempest, but I will not be in the tempest. And then there will be a, a a gentle whisper, uh, yeah. a murmuring silence. I think is how Father Penthiouk, our Old Testament yeah. professor, liked to translate it. Yeah, it's usually um, translated like a still small voice, but yeah, yeah. But again, it issues with translations. Yeah. yeah, and 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 that is where God is. Uh, so right. I just, I like that, the kind of the emphasis on stillness and silence and, and. Oh, yeah. Even, oh, yeah. even God's own humility, right? I mean, St. Saint, Saint Ephrem says, humility is the, is the virtue so great that even God does nothing without it. Wow. That's a great quote. Yeah. Hold on to that one. Yeah. Um,
1: yeah. So, yeah. Thank you. Uh, so, so then we see, you know, the coming of our Lord. Mm-hmm. And so, the coming of our Lord in the flesh, our Lord Jesus Christ, he works great miracles, wonders, and signs. Yes. But differently than the prophets. Right. He, you know, I'm gonna just trying to use some words to be descriptive here, but he, he just does it kind of, you know, directly.
0: Right. Without, he, there's, he's not I mean, petitioning some his father every time he does right. one of these things
1: sometimes there is but even when he does like in the raising of lazarus he kind of says i know you hear me all the time but mm-hmm. i'm saying this for the sake of the people standing by right uh so even when he does it it's kind of didactic yes um and um so you know but he and he but he does it directly you know that mm-hmm. and we see that we in healing of the paralytic that you may know that the son of man has authority to forgive sins You know, on earth, he says, rise, take up your pallet and walk. So he just commands. Right. And it happens. And of course, this is pointing to the fact that he is fully God. Yes. He, so, so we have that, that's, you know, the account that we read on the Sunday of Orthodoxy where he's making a reference to Jacob's ladder and, you Mm -hmm. know, in Genesis, the story of Jacob's ladder is Jacob, you know, he's tired, he's on a long journey. He goes to sleep. He uses a rock for a pillow. And he sees a ladder stretching up to heaven and he sees one like the son of God on the top of the ladder. And he sees the angels descending and ascending Mm -hmm. on the ladder. Yeah. And then Jesus says, you know, you shall see greater things than these. You shall see heaven opened and you shall see the angels ascending and descending upon the son of man. Mm -hmm. So son of God on the top of the ladder, son of man on kind of referencing the bottom of the ladder without talking about the ladder. Mm -hmm. because the angels are ascending and descending from their from that source of command Mm -hmm. Um, so he is god in the flesh the second person of the holy trinity the theotokos the virgin mary is often referenced as the fulfillment of jacob's ladder right we kind of see that in their church even a little bit through the icon of the Platitera behind the Mm -hmm. altar it's curved at the top which represents the heavens and more Mm -hmm. square on the bottom uh, right angles, if you will, is that it comes to the floor representing kind of this world, this earth. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, so he's, you know, so, so his miracles are done by his power, you know, or like the woman with the flow of blood. Right. You know, and, and he's kind of, again, he's teaching who touched me mm-hmm. and, and Peter, I think is basically like, w- what are you talking about? Like there's a <sighs> whole crowd around you. Like everyone's kind of bumping into you. Yeah. And he's like, no, 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 someone touched me for I felt power flow forth from me or something like this. Right. And and so this, he is the source of that healing, the source of that power. Yeah. Uh, that heals that woman. So different yeah. than the prophets, obviously. Yes. Uh, because he's, again, he's the eternal, co-eternal son and word of God made flesh. Mm-hmm. And his signs and miracles and wonders, like miracles of healing, casting out demons multiplying the loaves and the fish. These are all signs that point to who Jesus Christ is, the Messiah and the Mm -hmm. son of God.
2: Mm
1: -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, And so, but then looking at like Luke four, right? You know, his sermon in Nazareth. So it kind of starts in verse 16 and he reads the book of Isaiah. And Mm -hmm. the quote he reads is the spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me to preach good news to the poor he has sent me to proclaim release to the captives and recovering of sight to the blind, to set at Liberty, those who are oppressed to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord. Mm -hmm. And he closed the book and gave it back to the attendant and sat down. Everyone's looking at him. And he said, today, the scripture has been fulfilled in your hearing. So, so again, his, his miracles are also a sign of the fulfillment of these old Testament prophecies.
0: Yeah. And I think that, you know, you, Mentioned before, like "sign" is one of the main words used to describe a miracle, and and you know we're coming up on um, the Sunday of Saint Gregory Palamas, and the the reading for this coming Sunday is the the healing of the paralytic, mm-hmm. and which you you alluded to a moment ago, and I've been thinking about it. It's he doesn't heal the paralytic right away, right? He does what is more important first. He forgives his sins. And then when he does heal the paralytic, it's not necessarily so that the paralytic can walk. He's already given the paralytic what he really needs. But he says, so that you may know that the son of man has authority on earth to forgive sins. And so mm. a lot of these miracles are done like you said, to to point to who he is.
1: Yeah. But then there's times where Jesus refuses to work miracles. Yes. And signs. Uh So, you know, in Matthew 16, and the Pharisees and the Sadducees came and to test him, they asked him to show them a sign from heaven. And I yeah. couldn't help but notice the parallel where Pharaoh demands a sign. Yes. From Moses. Right? hmm Uh, And he answered them, when it is evening, you say it will be fair weather, for the sky is red, and in the morning it will be stormy today, for the sky is red and threatening. Mm -hmm. You know how to interpret the appearance of the sky, but you cannot interpret the signs of the times. An evil and adulterous generation seeks for a sign, Mm. but no sign shall be given to it except the sign of Jonah. And so the sign of Jonah is a reference to his crucifixion, burial, and third day resurrection.
0: Right, which is why we read that entire book uh, on Holy Saturday.
1: Yeah, the book of Jonah. Right. Um, yeah, it's it's the ultimate sign, right? Yes. And in John's gospel, it's the last of the signs, in a way. Right. Uh, or the fulfillment of all the signs. There are seven signs before that, the seventh being the raising of Lazarus, mm-hmm. and then the eighth is kind of, um, you know, the resurrection of, of Christ. Right. Um, so, I, again, I couldn't help but notice that parallel. They demand of them of a sign, mm. but... Um, you know, he refuses to do so, but he does tell them you will have the sign Jonah. Mm -hmm. And that also references though, what does Jonah do after he's resurrected from the whale? He
2: goes and
1: he goes and preaches a message of repentance. And who are the people of Nineveh? They're the Gentiles, right? They're the pagans. Yeah? Yeah. They're not, they're not the people of Israel. Yeah. And what do they do at the preaching of
0: Jonah to
1: Jonah's surprise and chagrin?
0: Right. They do repent.
1: yeah, yeah, they repent. They, they put on sackcloth and ashes and they and they fast and they yeah. you know and and he's actually angry and shocked that they they listen to him and, and his message of repentance. and right. so God has to teach Jonah a lesson, you know.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Uh, so but this sign can again, I'm bringing this up because this also could be a part of that sign. It's not just about the crucifixion and resurrection of Jesus but the proclaiming of the gospel to the whole Gentile world Mm. and the repentance of the Gentile world at at the response to his preaching. Mm -hmm. Um, And that, that in itself is a sign. And what's interesting is many of the early church fathers or even later church fathers, or even later just Christian writers, whatever, when they're pointing to kind of like what is proof of the resurrection of Christ Um, What they look at, they don't necessarily kind of do apologetics from the scriptures themselves or talk about how he appeared to the the 12 and the 70 and the 500 and all this. Mm -hmm. But what they usually do is they just point to the conversion of the pagan world,
2: Mm -hmm.
1: you know, kind of referencing in a way indirectly this, this sign of Jonah. Yeah. You know, again, kind of talking about it's Lent. We're talking about the importance of repentance mm-hmm. because we're not called to just simply repent and, and only in the sense of like, you know, believe in Christ. It's essential, obviously, but we're called to a continual life of repentance,
2: mm-hmm.
1: of growing, growing closer to God, closer to Christ, um, and having that kind of hard outer shell, that brick wall kind of broken down uh, yeah. so that we can have hearts of flesh, as the prophet says yeah instead of hearts of stone uh so anyways um the apostles do signs and wonders mm-hmm. but they do it in the name of jesus yes you know so you see that kind of continuation uh in that um, but because they are faithful followers of jesus
2: mm-hmm. you know right.
1: because there are some later who try to do Exorcisms, Jewish itinerant exorcists, in the mm-hmm. book of Acts, mm-hmm. they try to do exorcisms in the name of Jesus, whom Paul preaches. Kind of keeping their distance, almost it seems. <laughs> and and the demon mocks them, right?
0: Yeah. And then beats them up.
1: <laughs> yeah, beats them up, and and maybe does worse things to them, according to Father Tom Hopko. Uh, no. <laughs> but the evil spirit answered them and said, "Jesus, I know Paul, I recognize, but who are you?" Yeah. I mean, in other words, you're, no, no.
0: So well, it's not uh, just uh, about the
1: name of, of
0: Jesus, I guess, is what I'm trying to get at. Right, right. And it's not it's not because of who they are. It's because they're trying to use the name of Jesus without mm-hmm. any kind of commitment to his name. Yeah, right? without
1: kind of communion with him. Right. Without any connection right. to him, really. Right. The Jesus right. whom Paul preaches, you know, it's yeah. interesting just how they put right. that.
0: Not even, not even, you know, something kind of more simple, Jesus of Nazareth or Jesus risen from the dead or no, it's a very, it's very much like, well, we, we've heard of this guy and we know that people are doing miracles in his name, but we're not going to like say anything too positive about about him
1: or, or what it could be is like, uh, you know, these are just, these are speculations a little bit here. Right. So just to be clear on that, but, uh, you know, like, um, Kind of a commentary on this, um, a, a mechanistic approach hmm. to faith, to religion. Ooh, yeah. You know what I mean? Without, without a, a commitment, like you said, without a connection, without a communion. Yeah. Just you know, th- in the name of Jesus, whom Paul preaches. You know, it's almost like they're trying to just use a technique. Yeah. And this yeah. technique will just kind of work. You know, like God's some sort
0: of black box, and we run the program, and we get the desired result. Well, and I it's think like, some nope, yeah, yeah, and I think sometimes we see that that does work. I mean, we're not necessarily told uh, about that specifically, but we are told in the parables of Jesus, mm-hmm. you know, that that some would come to him at the judgment and say, "Didn't we do all these signs and wonders in your name? Right? Didn't mm-hmm. we? Didn't we work miracles in your name? Right?" And and he says depart from me you workers of iniquity i never knew you right that's in the sermon on the mount right so so you know maybe some something similar to these these guys who it, it doesn't go so well for mm-hmm. um but you know people wanting wanting these benefits without the communion without mm-hmm. the commitment without the relationship
1: yeah yeah um or just without repentance Sure. You know, um, kind of showing that primacy, that really important reality of repentance. Yeah. That it's, repentance is more important than working miracles.
2: Mm.
0: There you, you go. Know? So. Uh, there, there's your, there's your Lenten lesson right there. Yeah.
1: Uh, it, it, you know, and so I, one thing, just kind of going back to this a little bit, working miracles in the name of Jesus. I mean, he, he said this to the disciples, the apostles, kind of referencing John 14, 12, truly, truly, I say to you, he who believes in me will also do the works that I do and greater works than these will he do because I go to the father, whatever you ask in my name, I will do it that the father may be glorified in the son. If you ask anything in my name, I will do it. And of course the idea there is, you know, according to his, his will and his teaching, I mean, you know, this isn't talking about kind of prosperity, like, you know, ask for a new car or ask for this or ask for that. And he's just going to do it because it's in his name, <laughs> you know? Right. And it's not what he's talking about. Um, but he's, he's talking about, you know, the great works of, of healing, of preaching, of reconciliation. And a lot of the signs and wonders we hear in the gospel, like the gospel according to Mark, you know, he makes this reference that they're, um, uh, it just says, uh, you know, talking about the disciples and the apostles in their ministry, and they went forth and preached everywhere while the Lord worked with them and confirmed the message by the signs that attended it. Mm. So the Lord worked with them, confirming the preaching of the good news of Jesus Christ, the crucifixion, resurrection of Jesus Christ and salvation in his name. Mm-hmm. Um, and so the signs and wonders accompanied that. I, I remember again, Father Luke Veronis, when I took a missions class at Holy Cross, mm-hmm. uh, he he made this statement that it stuck in my head. He said, if you want to see signs and wonders, go into missions. Mm-hmm. If you want to see miracles, go into missions. And at the time that made sense to me, and it still does. I mean, not just yeah. at the time, but because of the is like that's, you know, the gospel is being preached out on the frontier. And yeah. um, and God often works signs and wonders to accompany the preaching. Right. Uh, in order to verify, so to speak, the preaching, the truth yeah. of the gospel. Yeah. But kind of going back to Lent, though, you know, uh, if we have the Lenten disciplines. We've been talking about repentance. Mm. You know, we have the Lenten disciplines of prayer, fasting, and, and almsgiving. Yes. And so to bring St. John Chrysostom into this conversation, um, he talks about how Giving alms, serving the poor is greater than raising the dead. Yeah, is greater yeah. than working miracles. So as well, it is amazing and as powerful as miracles are and wonders and signs are, um according to the, at least Saint John, there are things that are more important.
0: Yeah, and I I think even you know we see this even in Christ's own words, right? When when the disciples of John the Baptist come to him mm. and say, "Are you?" The one who is to come or do we wait for another mm-hmm. and he he says go tell john what you see right and he kind of he references that passage from isaiah that you mentioned that he mm-hmm. read in nazareth right the the blind have their sight restored to them the the crippled walk the deaf hear you know all of these things the dead are raised and the poor have good news preached to them mm. and and you you if you were reading the list he's He's making.
1: There's an ascendancy there.
0: There's an ascendancy, right? Each each miracle he's listing is greater and greater and greater, and it ends with and the poor poor have have good good news proclaimed to them, which is is more than just good news, right? It's 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 there's charity involved,
1: right? Right, there's both. I mean, and and um, and the poor, though, in a sense, are all of us in the sense of poor, spiritually poor, um, sure, but but also specifically, you know, the poor, the suffering. Yeah, um, that that they have uh, that good news preached to them, which accomp which is accompanied often by charity, by love. I mean, that's yes. the words where the word the word charity comes from is love, and it needs to be an act of love.
0: Yes, yeah,
1: you know, not just necessarily like kind of a blind uh, humanitarianism,
0: right? Well, but I a, mean, but a Christ, personal act of love. Yeah, Christ rags on the Pharisees who do great acts of charity, but but they do it for the attention, right? Yeah, to be seen. So yeah. he's, you know, that's, that's not what he's looking for.
1: No, no. So, uh, you know, so what do we take away from all of this? Signs and wonders and miracles there are still signs and miracles and wonders by the saints today. Yeah. Um, but they're always, and, and, and likewise, like the apostles, they're proclaiming the truth of Christ Yes. and the, and the truth of the crucifixion and resurrection there are miracle working icons there are miracle working relics there are holy relics Mm -hmm. and we see all these things in the scriptures you know like the cloths from paul and the shadow of peter right just passing over people and they could be uh, healed and restored Mm
2: -hmm.
1: and so god is constantly working his signs and wonders even in ways we don't see yeah uh, in ways that we don't know but the truth of the gospel is and the truth of the the crucifixion the resurrection and salvation that is made possible to us in Christ is what all these signs and miracles and wonders are, are being pointed to mm-hmm. um, and and even as amazing and powerful and wonderful as there are there are greater things absolutely there are greater things and so during this Lenten season uh, as we focus on repentance we focus on turning from sin and turning to God and ever growing closer to Him. We focus on the spiritual disciplines of, of prayer, fasting, and almsgiving. We can remember those words of St. John Chrysostom. Yes. Um, you know, alms giving is greater than raising the dead. Yeah. So, and in repentance, right? We were talking about this before that my son was dead. Yes. And he is alive. Yep. You
0: know, so repentance itself is a is a resurrection, a yeah. miracle of resurrection.
1: Yeah, you know, can be can be uh, talked about of yeah the return to life, right? Uh, Christ, because because apart from God there is there is death, right? There is darkness, and,
0: and Christ says that the angels in heaven rejoice at the repentance of sinners. He doesn't mention angels in heaven rejoicing at you know the miracles of God.
1: Interesting. I mean. Although they praise God when he creates everything. Of course. Yeah. So anyways, um, so this is uh, just, you know, kind of a brief, just kind of overview of the miracles of Christ, the miracles of God. Um, There you go. Yeah. Next time we'll be talking about um, the prophecies about the crucifixion and resurrection of Jesus Christ. Mm -hmm. Very appropriate topic as next month in April, we'll be celebrating Holy Week. Yes. And we'll be celebrating Pascha. And we recently had Metropolitan Gregory of the Carpatho-Russian oh. uh, Church here for the Pan-Orthodox uh, Sunday of Orthodoxy Vespers. Very nice. Um, on, on on Sunday evening. And mm-hmm. um, he was saying uh, to us, when that night comes, the one hymn everyone knows... <sighs> Meaning the Christos Anesti, the Christ is risen. Sing it Uh as loud as you can. (laughs) Sing it as loud as you can. Uh, I like that. Yeah, absolutely. Of course, we still have several weeks to go. Yes. uh, Before we reach that point. So if if people have uh, questions or, or comments or whatever, where can they send those in?
0: If you've got questions, comments, snide remarks, whatever they may be, (laughs) you can email us at churchcoffeepod at gmail.com. That's all one word, churchcoffeepod at gmail.com. Or even better, you could leave us a voicemail at 317-660-5498. Thank you for listening to the Church Coffee Pod. If you enjoyed what you heard, please like, subscribe, or leave a review. Make sure to tell your friends that church coffee isn't so bad after
2: all. Peace.